Welcome to our Faith Family Church broadcast. My name is Stanley Scott II. I'm the senior pastor here in Houston, Texas at Faith Family Church. I'm so excited that you've joined us today to receive this message from the Lord. So as we get into this message, let me encourage you, write down these scriptures, take some notes, and get ready to experience a better life than the one you've been living. Life is blessed. It's no more a mess. Now, everything I touch, everything I touch turns to success. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Put your hands together and let's welcome everybody that's logged in online with us on Facebook. Glory to God. Thank you for joining us live today in the name of Jesus. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and get into this prophetic message from the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, another opportunity to receive a word from you. And especially today, the first Sunday of not just a new year, but a new decade. We have all come together as a faith family, as your sons and daughters, to honor you and to honor your word. Speak to us today by the Holy Spirit. Help us to see what it is that you are saying to us for our future. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, open with me in your Bible to the book of first, excuse me, Isaiah chapter 54. I'm going to look at the first verse. Obviously, I will have it on the overhead projector or the projector here. And then, of course, I encourage you to take notes. Our text for this prophetic message from God to you begins in Isaiah 54 in verse 1. It says this, Single barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing. Cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. You will not be disgraced. You will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of things that happened in the past and will not remember the, the reproach of your widowhood anymore. Well, may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Each year, we always take time to find out what God is saying to us individually and as a church about the season and time that we're entering into. Particularly as we go from one year into the next, whether it be a school year, whether it be a calendar year, we always want to find out what God has in our future. And a word of prophecy has come to me about the season and the time that we live in. And God has been faithful to us. I mean, each year, you know, we get a, a prophetic word and it really, really has an impact on our lives. 
I mean, in 2019, I just sensed in my heart from a passage in the book of Daniel that we were about to experience a season where we were going to be 10 times better than we've ever been. And we held on to that and we spoke that and we believed for that. And how many of you all saw 2019 to be better than the years before? Amen. Well, that word doesn't expire just because we go from December 31st into 2020. Amen. Well, I believe that this year we're still going to be better and be getting better in every area of our lives. And I can remember in 2018 that a prophetic word came to us about the, the, the sower being overtaken by the reaper and that things would be accelerated, sped up. Things that would happen in months would just take weeks and things that would happen in weeks would just take days. And I believe that we're still living in that time of acceleration. But God has given me a word for you. Praise God. Something that we can hold on to. Something that we can believe for. Something that we can expect over these next months and even years to come. And that word is expansion. In Amos chapter 3 and verse 7. The Bible says in verse 7 that surely the Lord God does nothing. Unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Notice in this verse that the Bible tells us that God doesn't do anything without letting somebody know. Amen. And, and I believe in that case that God doesn't do anything in your, li- in your life unless he lets somebody know. And thank God somebody in your life like your pastor who has an ear from God, who's listening to God for you. You can hear directly from God, but thank God for others in your life that love you like God loves you. Amen? Well, this verse tells us that God does nothing. I believe with all my heart that God does nothing in the earth without letting someone know. And particularly, He reveals His secret. You know, things that are going to happen in your future in, in, in May of 2020, In July and in October, things that might be a complete mystery to you, but it's not a mystery to God. Whether it be good things or bad things, God sees the end from the beginning. We're standing right at the beginning of a new year. Not just a new year, but a new decade, praise God. And I believe with all of my heart that he has revealed a secret to me. And has given me the anointed assignment to share that secret to you so that you can couple it with your faith. And no matter what comes, believe what God said and you will see it manifest. Amen. It says he, believe, he reveals his secrets to his prophets. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm your pastor and I have a calling to be a pastor. But one of the greatest teachers in my life and development and ministry was a prophet of God, Kenneth Hagin, who's already gone to heaven. I studied under him for two years and before I went to school and even after, he's been a huge influence on my life. Um, So I know the anointing of a prophet directly and clearly. And I really sense that there's an anointing of a prophet upon me for those that would hear a prophetic word from the Lord. Amen. 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 There's a uh, video clip that I want to show you. Um.
Hi, John Maxwell here. Welcome to Minute with Maxwell. Let me give you a conversation that Tyler Perry and I had one day. He was talking about how his directing, producing business had expanded. He had a had a, had a little studio and he outgrew it, and so he got a bigger studio and outgrew it and got some land and built a bigger studio. And he thought, thank God, I'm probably done having to build studios. And he outgrew it. And he said, John, I came to a place where I didn't want to do anymore. He, he just said, I just thought, man, I just keep pouring a lot of time, effort, money, energy into, into building studios. And he said, I almost quit. Almost, I almost just said, oh, come on, let's just, let's just level off here, okay? Don't we have enough? And then he said, but I, I realized that if I stopped now... I would not reach my potential as a producer, director, or actor. And so what did he do? He went and built a larger studio. In that conversation that day, we both concluded that when you can afford to stop, it's the worst time to stop. And what I mean when you can afford to stop is you've made enough money, you've got a big enough position, you've got a good enough reputation, you don't need to do anything else, you can just kind of flatline the rest of your life. And the good news is you don't need to work anymore. The bad news is the moment you stop when you're that good, you've left the best potential on the table, and you never will reap that reward. Wow. Expansion. It's an incredible word. If you are expanding and growing, ah, that's the type to keep going. Here's what I say. It's all about momentum. When you've got momentum, don't stop. Don't take a week off on vacation. Just keep those wheels going. You say, well, when do I stop? I, I can tell you when you stop. When you have no momentum at all. Take a break. Go take a vacation. Hey, nothing's moving. When you come back, it's going to be at the same place. Hello. Expansion. What a great word. What a great word. When you're expanding, keep expanding. Keep expanding. Thanks for being with me today. I'm Minute with Maxwell. <laughs> expansion that is the word of the lord came to my heart in july and you know not just because my mom sent it to me and thank god for for others but i believe that this was the beginning of god speaking to my heart for you and i have seen things in the word of god that have given me confirmation that this is the word of, of the lord for faith family church that god's word to us is expansion. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So my assignment over the next three weeks is to show you from the word of God what God is saying. Expansion. And you are going to see in this season an expansion in four particular areas. An expansion in vision. An expansion in miracles an expansion in receiving, and an expansion in love. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 54. Um, pause for one more moment. There we go. All right, in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1, it says this. Sing, O barren, and ye that did not bear. If you could go back to verse 1 for me. Sing, O barren, and 
And you who have not born, break forth in the scene, cry aloud, you who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the woman of a mar- of than the children of a married woman, says the Lord. This verse tells us this whole passage passage is prophetic. In other words, when I got that word expansion, it wasn't just by John Maxwell. God began to speak to me. That's a word for you. And and when he says that's a word for you, he's not just speaking to me. He's speaking to you. God is saying, get ready to expand your life in many areas. Amen. And it's particularly, number one, if you've been unfruitful and unproductive, naturally, figuratively, or spiritually, you who have been barren, unfruitful, if 2019 was an unfruitful year, you can expect to be fruitful in this year. And I have a word in my heart. There are some marriages, some families that are believing God. They've dealt with some infertility issues. If you have been barren in your body, you have a promise from the word of God to have a child. Amen. Hold on because your family is about to expand. Praise God. And particularly if you're in that way, allow your vision for your life to be expanded. Praise God. In verse 2 it says this. Enlarge the place of your tent and stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. So this prophetic message to you, God is saying to you, enlarge the place of your tent. Now, the first place of your tent is on the inside of you. In other words, he's saying you're going to have to stretch yourself, enlarge yourself on the inside. Why? He's about to expand you on the outside. He says, stretch out the curtains. I believe we're living in a time where God is going to be stretching you further than you've been stretched before. Come on, you're going to be able to reach further than you've been able to reach before. You know, if you've ever done any exercises and you've tried to stretch, stretching sometimes can be uncomfortable, can be very uncomfortable. I'd rather work out than to do the stretching. But in order for you to to increase and to grow and become greater, you're going to have to stretch. Somebody say stretch. He says, lengthen your cords. What is that? All of these words, enlarging the place, that's expansion. Come on, somebody. Stretching out. What's happening when something stretches? It's expanding. One more. When it's lengthened, it's expanding. Well, when I got this word from the Lord, not just from John, John Maxwell, but when the Lord began to say that word for us is expansion, he took me to this verse of Scripture. I don't know if I've ever preached in 10 years of pastoring here at Faith Family. I don't know if I've ever preached to you from Isaiah 54, 1 through 4, or even to the end of this chapter. But this is an expansion verse. It was expanded. I immediately took, Holy Spirit took me here. But then in verse 3, when I got to verse 3, it said this, For you shall expand to the right. And to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Man, when I read this, I almost had to push away from my desk. Why? Because I didn't know the word expand was even in the Bible. Come on, y'all going to help me preach. I'm trying to make up some, some time that I've missed, all right? I didn't know that this word was right next to the word that he was taking me to. But how many of y'all know the Holy Spirit knows? And not only that, throughout this entire chapter, this prophetic word that God gave to Isaiah, to the people at that time, did not run out. Doesn't have an expiration date. 
I believe He quickened it on the inside of me for you. To say to you, to you and your family, in your business, on your job, what you're about to experience is a stretching. What you're about to experience is an enlargement. What you're about to experience is a lengthening. He's about to expand you to the right and to the left. Woo, come on somebody. Amen. Every time I I finish the highlight, then you can automatically go because I don't know what's going to be next. And I'm sorry. Amen. Then he says, do not fear for you will not be ashamed nor be disgraced for you will not be put to shame for you will forget the shame of your youth. You will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. All of those things of shame and and disgrace and being put to shame. And he's saying you're going to be brought into a place where you're going to forget all of those things that happened in the past. All of those bad things. You're going to say bye bye. You're going to be so busy doing what God has has you in the future. But notice here at the top of this, he gives us another prophetic message that we've been hearing before. Do come on, help me now. Not help me now. Fear. Fear not. Believe only and you shall be well. Amen. Amen. And then is this the very next one? Okay. Then in verse 13. So obviously we're missing a lot between verse four and verse 13. And I challenge you to read this chapter, read our, read the chapters with us. Every week, Monday through Friday, we give out specific chapters for us to read as a faith family. Um, if you don't have that, then we'll email it to you. We'll find a way that you can get that. But that's an important thing. Amen. So notice verse 13. He says, all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. How many, how many parents do I have in the house? Amen. Well, here's a prophetic message from the Lord. He's saying all your children, not just the children, the good children, not just the children you like, not just the favorite children shouldn't have no favorites. Amen. He said, oh, come on. All of your children shall be taught of the Lord. That's a good word to receive. Maybe your son and your daughter's not in church right now. Maybe they're not in a good place right now. Maybe they're far from God right now. Where he's saying there's going to be an expansion in your family. All of your children are going to be a place where God's teaching them something. Glory to God. And great shall be the peace of your children. Some of them are having some real turmoil. Some of them are going through some very difficult and tough times. Well, I'm receiving this. Your children are going to have peace like a river. Things are going to be calm. Hallelujah. There's going to be nothing missing and nothing broken in their lives. That's what the word peace says. Verse 14 says, In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, and for it shall not come near you. Several things I received from God. He said there are going to be some things that happen in 2020. I'm not here to prophesy that everything's going to go good in 2020. I'll be lying through my teeth. Come on, somebody. I'll be lying out the side of my face. Come on, if I told you that everything's just going to be on the flowery beds of ease, some of you may have already experienced some tough times. But what I'm here to tell you, you will be far from oppression. There may be some tough situations that will pop up, for, for you should not fear, and from terror. 
Notice that word terror there. Terror, you know, there may be some terroristic attacks that happen in this year. But I can tell you one thing. You'll be far from it. He said, it shall not come, come on, near you. You need to hold on to that word. When they're having shootings that happen in public places, shootings that happen in church, come on, shootings that happen in schools, come on. We ought to have the disposition. My word for this year is that I'm going to be far from oppressive things. I'm going to be far from terroristic things. Glory to God. Verse 15 says, indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall be far, well, shall fall for your sake. Notice he says, indeed, they shall surely assemble. There are going to be people that assemble themselves against you. Anybody ever have folks come against you on the job? Come on, anybody ever have folks come against you in the family? Come on, even I had some folks come against you in the neighborhood. I mean, the whole neighborhood association against you. He said, indeed, there's going to be some stuff that comes up. Your husband might come against you. Your wife may come against you. Surely they'll assemble against you, but it won't be because of me. It won't be because I said, well, she messed up. She's been a little too mouthy, so I need to, you know, teach her a lesson. No, it won't be because of God that stuff comes up. He says, surely they'll assemble. And then notice this. He says, but whoever assembles against you shall fall. Come on. Notice the word assembles. You know, when you, when an army assembles against the city, like we sang it in the song, they'll surround that city to attack it. He says, whoever assembles, whoever surrounds you to attack against you, you, uh, again, whoever sounds, surrounds against you or assembles against you, they shall fall. That, that, that manager may come against you, but it's going to fall. Don't stir yourself up about it. Matter of fact, is the moment that something comes up, you ought to be like, you know what the pastor told me? That there was going to be stuff that came up, right? That there were going to be people in cinema. Don't be, oh, no, I'm having another bad year. Oh, y'all pray for me. No. Said, no, God told me in advance they might assemble against me, but they shall. Come on. They shall surely. What? Fall. And then we get to verse 17. The prophetic word from God in a year of expansion is that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. And this is what belongs to you, your heritage. And you're the servant of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Somebody say it out loud. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm here to tell you, child of God, write that down. Put that on your mirror. Put it in your heart. When things come up, go ahead and speak that word. God, you said this is a year of expansion. This is a year of growing. This is a year of stretching out. This is a year of doing more. This is a year of of riding momentum to another level. And no matter who comes against me, it will surely fall. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and receive that from God. Say it out loud. I receive that word. In the name of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 9, God gave me another word. Another passage of scripture. I mean, I got stirred up and I I wasn't even thinking about this verse. I'm telling you all how supernatural. If you don't know, let me say this to Facebook. I hear from God. 
God talks to me. <laughs> right? How many of y'all know you can hear from God too? He said, my sheep know my voice. Well, God gave me this verse to give you. I may not know you personally, but he gave me this verse to give to you. And over the next three weeks, we'll be looking at Isaiah 54 and Matthew 9. Let's look at the second foundation for this in verse 14. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often? But your disciples do not fast. Now, this is so prophetic that it amazes me because just weeks ago, we proclaimed a fast that from January 1st to January 21st, and for those that you haven't started yet, from January 5th (laughs) to January 26th, you can let the grand opening be your finishing of the fast. God's about to talk to you about fasting and expansion in one passage of scripture. So notice he said in verse 14, they came to him asking, why are we fasting? And the Pharisees fasting, but the disciples of Jesus, they don't fast. Why don't your disciples fast? And notice they said, why are we fasting often? I don't want just these 21 days to be a a time of fasting. I submit to you throughout this year, you should fast regularly. Remember, there was one point where I fast every Saturday just to get ready for Sunday. Or maybe you might choose to fast once a month. Amen. But whatever it is, notice in order for you to experience expansion, you're going to need to do some fasting. You say, well, why is that? And he says, your disciples do not fast. Why is that? In verse 15, he says, Jesus said unto them, well, can the friends of a bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. And what? Then they what? Will fast. If you are a disciple of Jesus, you should fast because the bridegroom has been taken away. Amen. You shouldn't be in that list of his disciples that do not fast. Oh, it's getting quiet. Amen. Going to the next verse. And in verse 16, notice he's talking about fasting. He's telling them about the bridegroom being taken away, but then he gives them a parable. Listen to this parable. And this is the word that came to me. Jesus said in verse 16, no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. For the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine in old wineskins or else the wineskins break and the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine in new wineskins and both are what? Preserved. Ooh, what a word from God. So God took me to new wine and new wineskins. Because if you put new wine in all wineskins... When it expands, because the skin doesn't have any more expansion in it, the good wine bursts and runs out. In this illustration, you've got to be the new wine skin, not the old wine skin. We're talking about the new you, not the old you. Because if you put what God is about to pour out in your life, in that old lifestyle... It's going to run out. Oh, man, I'm preaching good to you right now. 
if you try to take what God is pouring out to you in this new year, in this new season, in this new time, and try to do it out of that old pattern that you used to follow, it's not going to work, praise God. So in order to put yourself in a position to be stretched, you got to do some fasting. I, I got a few more amens than that. You're going to have to put yourself. See, if you can't say no to a hamburger. Somebody say move on, Pastor. Move on, Pastor. So those two are going to be really important over the next couple of weeks. Today, we're going to talk about vision expanded. Say it with me. Vision expanded. My challenge to you, what I want you to leave with for today, that was the setup for the next four weeks or three weeks, is God is saying expansion. We're going to look at it on four levels. Today, God is saying to you, the first area I want you to have expanded is your vision expand your vision. Now think about that for a moment. Because you're talking about stretching it. God's vision for your life doesn't change. So what do you mean, Pastor, expand our vision? Didn't we just write the vision? Yeah. Well, you mean i got to throw that away and write something bigger? No. No, no, I'm not saying that. I want you to expand your vision. How many of you already have heard different words of prophetic uh, messages that in 2020 there will be clarity? Or 2020 is a year of vision. You know, if you've been kind of listening, there are some people that just naturally, I mean, 2020 vision in the natural is talking about sight and seeing. And there is a correlation with that. What God is saying to us, though, is expansion at large. But specifically, he's saying he wants to he wants you to expand your vision by that. What do you mean? I mean this. I mean, see, be. Oh, I'm so sorry. See beyond where you are right now. He's challenging you to see your marriage beyond where it is right now. Because when you see things where they are, if you allow, if you walk by sight, you'll end up detouring and getting off the path and plan that God has for your life. I'm preaching good today. I want you to see beyond the job that you're on. See, I want you to see beyond the salary that you're currently receiving. Because promotion and, 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 and a bonus, come on. We got the testimony today about somebody that gave big and gave in faith. And then as soon as they turn around, God, God gave their manager the, the, to give them a bonus and an increase. And that amount continues time after time. I want you to see where you are beyond physically. If you've got different uh, symptoms of sickness and disease, see yourself beyond that. See beyond where you are right now. In Ephesians chapter 1, it talks about vision and God's vision for your life. Listen, God's vision for your life does not change. Where do you get that from, Pastor? In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, notice it says this. Just as he chose us in him before the world or the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Notice this verse of scripture says God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. When was the world founded? I don't know. It was in the beginning. 
<laughs> Come on. When he said in the beginning, light be, before he made the earth and the satin and the moon and the stars, before the foundation of the world was placed, God said, um, not God said, before the foundation of the world, you were chosen in him. He had you in his heart before the world was formed. Oh, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Having predestined us to the adoption of his sons by Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will. Did you know that you were predestined? Now, the word predestined doesn't mean predetermined. The word destined implies destiny. There is a divine destiny for every one of our lives. And God predestined us from the foundation of the world. Before the world was even framed, before the world was even formed, He had a divine destiny in mind where you were concerned. Oh, y'all got to help me today. Now, the enemy wants to keep you from that destiny. He wants to breathe some things up, some bad things that God never planned. See, predetermined would mean that God planned for me to go through this divorce, or God planned for me to go through this car wreck, or God planned for my child to be lost, or God planned, He predetermined that I would lose my job and almost lose my mind, and that I would be basically on the brink of homelessness, and that was predetermined for some reason that God's got a plan. No, that's not God's plan for your life. I'm preaching harder than y'all are receiving right now. Glory to God. He said he's predestined us according to his good pleasure or according to his will. God has a will for your life and the devil has a will for your life. God's will is good. The devil's will is bad. What I'm trying to share with you, in order for you to reach God's destiny, you've got to expand your vision. Ah, My next verse. He said he made known to us the mystery of his vision according to his good pleasure he purposed in himself. Notice God makes known the mystery. He reveals secrets to his prophets. Notice God wants to make known the mystery of his vision for your life. But you haven't been seeing it the way that you need to see it. So he's saying to you today, you've, go back for me, you've got to expand your vision. Notice it's a mystery of his will or his vision for your life. Verse 10. So verse 11 says, we skip down, and a couple of more things here. He says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance... Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Now what God does in his infinite wisdom, because he knew that you would mess some things up. Come on, y'all help me now. He knew that you would get off track. He knew that the enemy would come in and steal some things and destroy some things. He predestined according to his purpose to make all things work according to the counsel of his will. In other words, he could take that bad thing and turn it to good. He'll take that which was meant to destroy you and use that to promote you. It wasn't him that brought it in. 
but he can turn it around. Tell your neighbor, God can turn it around. Verse 15, he says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith of the Lord Jesus and the love of, for all of the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I said all of that to say, God is challenging you and I to expand our vision. Right in this chapter, where Paul is talking about God's vision, which is God's will. Right in the chapter where God is talking about his vision for your future that you were predestined to. He says, what? You know what? Therefore, I do not cease to pray for you. And what I'm praying is that God would enlighten the eyes of your understanding. In other words, this verse 18, he's praying for your vision to be expanded. He's praying so that you can see beyond where you are right now. He's praying. I got to keep going until you get it. He's praying so that you would see the vision of God beyond your circumstance. Ah, glory to God. He keeps going. In chapter 2, he says in verse 10, he says here in verse 10, he says in verse 10, for we, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should what? Walk in them. God's created for you to live a good life. Good life. Good life. He prepared it beforehand, but in order for you to reach it, you are going to have to expand your vision. One time Jesus was ministering to his disciples and, and to a woman, and they caught him in a, in, a, in a moment, and he said something profound. It was a prophetic word that came up again to me. As he's saying to you, expand your vision. Your vision, God's vision for your life can expand. He predetermined it. He planned beforehand, long time ago, what his vision is for your life. It cannot be expanded. But you, how you see it. Come on, somebody. Let me, let, let me, let me tell you this way. Last year in January, God showed me something that I hadn't seen before. And it was about the call of God upon my life. The only other human being that knows about it is my wife. And it shocked me. I had to expand on the inside to be able to receive it. He stretched me beyond. And even there are aspects of that that I still haven't grasped. Oh, man. <laughs> I was about to slip and fall. I got on these slipping shoes. <laughs> there are aspects about it that I haven't seen yet. Come on, come on, come on. How many of y'all know you, your, your view of a mountain comes from where you are right now? But if you were to get a drone, come on, and send that drone up with high, different, high definition camera and go around the mountain and see from every angle what God has called you to. The mountain doesn't change. But your view. Mm. I, I, now, now, I feel like more people on this side are getting it. So, <laughs> so, let me help you with the word of God. So, 
anybody ever say, I'll lift up my eyes until the hills which cometh my help. God's got a word in me to tell you today. Lift up your eyes. Yeah, you've been looking at how your, your wife's been treating you. I'm saying lift up your eyes. You've been looking how your children been acting. I'm saying lift up your eyes. You've been looking at that job. You've been looking at that business. You've been looking at that promotion. I'm saying lift up your eyes. All right, all right. Oh, you're getting it now. You're getting it now. Now I can go to it. In John chapter 4 and verse 34, Jesus said unto them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Now watch this. They came back to Jesus and they brought him some food. And he said, My food is to do the will of him. He's like, I'm good. I don't need to eat. I'm eating on something right now. Right after this, they were like, did somebody give him something to eat? We went to go get him something to eat. How did you get something to eat, man? Did Jesus? When you read this in your chapter, it's it's hilarious. They left Jesus. You know how your appetite can mess you up? You know, sometimes you all sharp and you all angry. I have to watch myself because I I, I get all sharp and angry with my wife and I realize I haven't eaten yet. And then I'd be like, oh, babe, I'm sorry. I just needed a hamburger. The disciples, the reason why he was standing there talking to this woman at the well by himself was because they were so hungry. They were like, Jesus, you hungry? And they were like, uh, well, if you ain't hungry, we're going to go get something to eat. And when they got back, he said, here, Jesus, have something. And he's like, no, my food is to do the will. Can I talk to you again about fasting? Yeah, let's talk to this side over here because I'm serious. In this moment, what you're going to see is he's fasting concerning the vision. He's like, I don't need to eat what you all got because I'm chewing on something right now. My food is to do the will, the vision. And then notice what he says. And this is also connected to vision. He says, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Do you not say that? Well, it's, you know, it's January. We can't get the harvest on that. It's it's July. You know, the harvest is not until October. He says, don't people say there's four months and then coming the harvest? He said, behold, I say to you. Lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white to harvest. Check the viewpoint. He's saying, you all are saying it's not harvest time, but I'm saying, look, it is harvest time. You're saying, oh, I don't don't see how we're ever going to be able to build a building debt free. God's saying, you're already building the building debt free. I don't see how things are ever going to be differently in my body. God is saying they're already different in your body. Come on. I don't see how this child is ever going to do right. He's already doing right. Lift up your eyes and look at God's vision for your life. What am I saying to you? Expand your vision. See your money beyond where your money is right now. Listen, I prophesy your broke days are over. Your barely getting getting by days are over. Your living from paycheck to paycheck is over. In order for you to do that, you've got to expand your vision. When you talk about a vision expanded, you're talking about an expansion of your view of what God has planned. Write that down. When you talk about vision expansion expanded, you're talking about your view 
God's view doesn't change. His vision doesn't change. But we're talking about an expansion of your view. See, I thought this, this, this school would be big enough for us. But ever since we came, it's like, no, that's not big enough. I mean, we're packed on day one. Come on, we're standing only on day one. So what do we need to do? We've got to expand our view of what God has planned. Oh, well, we'll do this and then we'll do that. God's saying expand it. See it bigger. Go beyond it. Let me give you some more scripture. In 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 12. And one of his servants said, No, my Lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Now, I don't know if you believe in the ministry gift of the prophet, but I do. And as I said, I really sense a prophet anointing on me for you to deliver this prophetic message. And when you deal with the office of a prophet, they know things that are happening that is not commonly known. I mean, this prophet of God, every time an army would come against him, the, 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 the Israel army would be ready because the prophet told him, they're coming against you tomorrow. This is about to happen over there and they would be ready. And God has given me a prophetic word to tell you what to be ready for this year. I got some amens and most of them were on this side. Y'all doing good, y'all. Going to the next one. And he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told saying, well, surely the prophets in Dothan. Therefore, he sent his horses. He sent chariots. He sent a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. So this king from a, from, a, from a different country who's wanting to attack Israel is like, why is it every time we come against Israel, we lose? Well, they got a prophet. And the prophet tells him what you and your wife are talking about. And he's like, well, go get him. And so the king sent all of the horses, sent all of the chariots, sent a great army against one man. Remember, the prophetic word to us is that they will assemble against you this year. There's going to be some folks that come against you this year. But don't worry. No weapon formed. None of them that assemble. Come on. And when they came, the Bible says that they surrounded the city. I'm going to ask the worship team after in a minute. Not right now. But I'm going to ask them to lead you in that song again. Because if there was an anthem for the year in terms of song, it may look like I'm surrounded. It may look like I'm about to go down. It may look like I'm underwater. The Bible says this great army came and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots and his servant said to him alas master what shall we do notice what happened the prophet didn't get up the the servant got up and went out there and he went to go get some water and he looked up and he was like whoa oh my gosh oh come on I don't know if you've ever been against something bigger than you 
he went back in there and he said, alas, my master, what are we going to do? Can I talk to you about that expression? What shall we do? Because one thing that Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, he says, don't take no thought for your life saying, what shall we do? What are we going to do about food? What are we going to do about the rent? What are we going to do about the groceries? What are we going to do about the car notes? How about this? I can't afford the tithe. What are we going to do about that? No, listen, child of God. In this year, when it looks like I don't know what I'm going to do or how are we going to do. He said, what are we going to do? I'm telling you right now, lift up your eyes beyond that situation. You may not see how life would work with you honoring God with your substance. You may not see how life would work with you coming to church every Sunday. You may not see how life would work better by fasting and praying, but God does. Come on. He said to the man of God, what shall we do? And he answered, number one. Do, there's that prophetic word, come on. Do not fear. If you're in a situation where it looks like your marriage is going down, listen to me, child of God, don't fear. If you're in a situation where it looks like things are never going to get better in my body, don't be afraid. Come on. Fear is the last thing you want to do. The first thing the prophet said is, number one, stop acting scared. Why? Why should I be afraid? I mean, they're suing me. Why should I not be afraid? They've taken up a legal case against me. Why should I not be afraid? They're trying to do this. They're trying to take away my job. Why should I not be afraid of layoff? Why should I not be afraid of terrorist attack? Why should I not be afraid for my children making an unrecoverable mistake? He said, I'm about to tell you why do not fear. Why? Because those who are with us are more than those that are with them. I'm just about done. So if you ain't got it yet, man, hold on to this. There's a reason why you don't have to be afraid of, of, of things not turning out the way that God planned. And it's because God's on your side. It may look like you're surrounded. Look what the prophet prayed in verse 17. He said, you know what? Because I see it as the prophet. I, we good. No weapon form. God already gave me that word, right? But in order for my servant to help him out, Lord, I pray that you open his eye. Isn't that what Paul prayed? He said, I pray for you. I don't cease to pray for you. That the eyes of your understanding, you can play something softly for me. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. See, when you're responding to what you're seeing, you're not responding in faith. Because the Bible says that we walk by faith. And not by what? Sight. So he prayed. See, while you're in 21 days of fasting and prayer, God's going to be expanding your vision. You'll start to see, if you do it, you'll start to see things that you've never seen before. You'll see yourself, go back for me, you'll see yourself doing things that you have never done before. You'll see yourself going places that you'll never go. What? He's expanding your vision, not the vision. His vision doesn't change. But what you see, you'll see yourself having things that you've never had before. Come on. Open his eyes that he may see. And then what? The Lord opened the eyes. That's my prayer for you as we get ready to close. I am so excited 
about the expansion that's coming in your life. That the expansion that's coming in your ministry, the expansion that's coming in your family, the expansion that's coming in your finances and in your body in this year, I can hardly contain it. The Lord opened his eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full. When people come against you, I just want you to imagine. It may look like y'all surrounded me, but I'm all right. Because I'm surrounded by him. I don't know the, the person who wrote that song, but I believe that they got it from this story. As well as one other story. The mountain was full. There's one other story in Second Chronicles. It's about Jehoshaphat. Somebody say Jehoshaphat. I won't have time to really delve into it, but if you read your chapter and let this inspire you, Jehoshaphat was in a situation. He knows what it's like to be surrounded. In verse 31, the Bible says that when it was, when the captains of the chariot saw Jehoshaphat, that they said, it's the king of Israel. And therefore they surrounded him to attack. But Jehoshaphat cried out and said, Lord, help me. And God diverted them from him. That's a good word right there. Imagine if you were Jehoshaphat. And there may be times in this year where you might be like Jehoshaphat. Where it looks like the situation has come up against you. There may be a bill that comes again, a tax bill. I don't know who I'm saying this for. Don't be alarmed when it comes. It will be diverted. Oh, Pastor, don't prophesy doom and gloom. <laughs> I'm prophesying life and truth. I'm telling you. Oh, go back. I'm sorry. I wasn't done. I'm sorry. Um, um, they came against him. They surrounded him to attack. But God did what? Diverted them. So it may look like you're surrounded, but don't be moved. God will turn that situation around. There was another situation in Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles, I believe in chapter 20. Verse 1, it tells us that again, an army came against him. Two, in verse 1, it says that it happened after that, that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and the others, and them besides the Amorites, they came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Listen, if God got you out of a bad situation before, should you be worried when something comes up again? If the doctor says, well, it looks like this thing is coming back. Don't be, don't be afraid. It looks like that, well, we need to do more. Well, we need to look. I'm not moved by what they say. It happened after this that the people of Moab, they came against them. There will be those that come against you to battle. But I'm here to tell you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Verse 3 says that Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast. Oh, there it is again throughout Judah. I'm going to be bold right now. How many of you, well, this will be the most honest answer. How many of you are fasting or, or are going to do some fasting? Put your hand down. For some reason or another, God's talking to us about fasting. He's talking about, I need to get that new wine. And you can't have an old wine skin. And fasting is going to help you get rid of that old wine skin. Uh, go back, I'm sorry. 
Um, so seek the Lord. That's prayer. And then spend some time in fasting, right? And then what's going to happen? Well, in verse 14, a prophetic message comes for the people of God in Jehoshaphat. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benai, the son of Jael, the son of Mattanai, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the assembly, in the midst of the assembly. Notice that the Spirit of the Lord came upon somebody to give the people of God a message when they were in a situation where they were surrounded by an army, but they took time to seek the Lord and they proclaimed the fast. God gave them a prophetic word. What was that prophetic word? He said unto them, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Israel, Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not... (laughs) Come on, man, this is too... Come on, this is almost too much for me. He started this by saying in Isaiah 54, Do not fear... The prophetic word comes. He says, thus says the Lord. This is a prophetic message to us. Thus says the Lord, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. Why? Because the battle is not yours, but God's. Go ahead and stand up on your feet. Glory! Hallelujah! Come on, somebody. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God.